Good morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Glad that you're here with us this morning. As you can already tell, the table is set. And in just a few short minutes, we're going to come to the table and remember King Jesus for what he did for us. But if you grew up in church, and I don't want to disrespect anyone that did not grow up in church, but if you grew up in church, then you can help me finish this statement. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and probably in your church, like my church that I grew up in, there was this big table that weighed 798.2 pounds. And it was beautifully carved with those statements, do this in remembrance of me. And probably through your life, you can probably remember a lot of things. There, there are a lot of things. You're growing up and I'm growing up. And so a couple of things that happen in my family, and I'm sure that happens in your family, You'll be getting out a box or moving something this time of the year. We all start moving things from one room to another room or throwing things away. And all of a sudden we come to a box of pictures. And those pictures help us to remember, right? And you bring out the page, just stop what you're doing. And you go through the pictures and you look at your kids. So there might be 10 or 9 or something like that. And you say, oh, I remember this. I remember when you were little, you were so fat, you had no neck. And... Remember, I, I, just a little link, my daughter is a beautiful nine-year-old little girl, but when she was born, she was nine pounds, six ounces, God bless her. And when she was born, her earlobes were up like this. And I said, Dana, what is wrong with her ears? And the nurse says, she's just so fat right now that her earlobes will lay down <laughs> later. And sure enough, they did. They did. Thank you, Lord, for fixing that. I was like, what's going on? She was big girl at that time. But we can also take a look at many times when you go to maybe a family reunion and you're like, oh, remember when we did this? Remember when this happened? I, I can say that my brother and I were recently at a gathering at my sister's house for her daughter's one-year-old birthday party. And he has four kids and I have four kids. And all of a sudden, it's like, do you remember when I did this to, to you, Matt? And do you remember when I did this to you? And the story that came up at this time last Saturday was the time when we would go to see my grandmother in Aylett, Virginia. There's not many people there. And we would stop by the Lipscomb Country Store. And we would go in to get us a Coke in those little tiny eight-ounce bottles, those, those glass bottles. And, and then we'd crack open that top, and man, we just have us a Coke. But before we would go that, my brother's like, Matt, do you remember when Aunt Maggie would come out and kiss us? Now, let me help you understand something a little bit. Aunt Maggie didn't have any teeth. And so um, Aunt Maggie would, would give us a kiss, and it would be a little gross, to be honest with you. It would be quite gross. And so you have a bunch of stories. You have a bunch of stories in your life that you remember. Maybe it's a Christmas time or a, a, a birthday. And you say, oh man, remember when I got that bike? I mean, that was the coolest bike. That was the coolest skateboard I've ever had. That, remember when I hit the game-winning shot in the final seconds of the game? And maybe when I scored the run or I hit the hit or you got that doll that you just still even have to this day or you have those memories. And so what, what, what we do is we have a tendency to remember those things with great fondness, with great, maybe even laughter in some regards. Maybe those memories are maybe a little sad at times as well. The definition of remember is this, to have in or be able to 
bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something that has, that has seen, known, or experienced in the past. I'll read to you again. To have in or be able to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something that one has seen, known, or experienced in the past. My dad, when, when we were growing up, I grew up in a suburb, very much like Cary, North Carolina. We grew up in the suburbs, and we lived in South Windsor, Connecticut, a little suburb of Hartford. We had a swimming pool in the backyard. We had this, this little pad port in the back for basketball. And so sometimes dad would say, okay, you need to cut the grass, and we would whine. And then my dad would say, you help me, I, come on, remember when I was your age, that I, he grew up on a farm, that I had to milk the cows and feed the chickens, and I had to eat breakfast and get dressed and walk three miles in my bare feet to the bus stop. And things have changed a little bit for me as I remember and I sit down with my kids. I'll look at my kids today and I'll say something. I'll say, why are you not changing the channel? And they'll be like, because the remote's broke. And then I will say, I remember when I was your age that I ran from the couch and my bare feet through the shag carpet (laughs) to change the channel. And I remember when I had to take that encyclopedia off the shelf and open it up and do a project and I had to write in the most beautiful cursive writing in my life. And so we remember when I was your age. But see, t- today is the table has been set. And, and, and the reason the table has been set, and this has been really, your life is full of transforming lessons. And to be honest with you, this week, the Lord really convicted me over a lesson that I want to share with you this morning. I believe that the table is set for us in the New Testament church because we often drift in our Christian commitment. I see a lot of heads being shaken. What happens in our life over time is that we have a tendency to drift and God in his great sovereignty has given us this table so that we would do something we would remember. And the word is saying, have in or be able to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone that has seen, known, or experienced in the past, that you have seen, known, or experienced in the past. And so I, I would probably say that everybody in this room right now is either drifting or has drifted in some way, shape, or form. I'm gonna be honest with you, this, this is how I drift. I'm at a, a new church with a lot of responsibility and I am so excited to be here. But here's where I normally drift. I normally drift in doing than being. I normally drift to the doing as opposed to the being. And doing great things for the cause of God. And in justifying that in my mind. And so sometimes what happens is I'll get to the email. I got to send this email. Life is dependent on him getting this email right now. Who cares if it's two o'clock in the morning? I need to go out to lunch with him. I need to answer this email. I need to answer this phone call. My wife has recently, and your wife will after today, 
implemented what's called the MPZ in our household. It's an abbreviation between her and myself. And that is called the no phone zone. Because I just keep checking and keep looking and keep looking at that. And she's like, I need you to engage and I need you to stay focused. I need you to be with me and help me. And there's many times in my life where I feel like that I have to stop and remember and the table is a great way for us all to collectively do just that. Because if we're all honest with ourselves, we all drift spiritually. Our prayer life was better at this time. Our commitment level was better. The way we read, the way we witness, all encompassing of all the disciplines that God gives us in our life, we have a tendency to drift a little bit. And here is what the king of the Bible does for us, is he gives us an ordinance that the New Testament church has so that we could simply pause and remember, because we all drift. And, and I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to take a look at Revelation chapter five. Revelation chapter five. We're not going to get into a lot of end times, but this text jumped out at me this week with some, some guys that I study the Bible with. And I want you to go ahead and take a look at Revelation chapter five. I wanna set the tone for you a little bit and then draw a couple of points out with you. So Revelation chapter five, starting in verse one, and I'm going to go ahead and explain sort of what's happening here. Revelation chapter four and chapter five is the sort of in-between time for what was and what is to come. Revelation chapter four and five is setting the stage for all of the judgment and the victories of God that will be revealed. And here we have in Revelation chapter five, we have God himself sitting on a throne with a scroll. In that scroll is included the great judgments of God and the great victories of God. The question is being asked, who is worthy to open that scroll and implement those or reveal those judgments and those truths and victories about God? And then there's a dialogue between John and an angel and an elder about who is worthy enough to open these scrolls to really talk about these judgments and these decrees. And so I'm going to pick it up in verse 1. I have verse 5 and verse 9 for you on the screen. But we'll get to verse 5 and we'll get to verse 9. But I'm going to start with verse 1 right now. It says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, this is God, a scroll written within and on the back, meaning it's completely covered. All of the decrees are set in stone. God is sovereign. He's in control. His plan is there. Then it keeps going, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it and I began to weep. Why do we weep? Because weeping without life, without Jesus, is despair. Let me keep going. And verse five says this. Here it is. And one of the elders said to me, one of those elders is either a prophet or a disciple that's now reigning with God in heaven. This is what he says. Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, here it is, has conquered. 
so that he can open the scroll and its seals. Take a look at verse nine, if you will. After unpacking that Jesus is not only the lion, but he's also the lamb that was slain. He is the lion because he's king. He is the lamb because he gave up his life for us. Then all of a sudden, there's a great worship service that takes place. Take a look in verse nine. And they sang a new song saying, here it is, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And what I want to share with you this morning is this, is what do we remember based on this verse that helps us come to the table and be reminded that we are going to drift, that God gives us great truth so that we can come back and reflect and pause and remember that life is simply about him. Last week, we closed down the book of Esther. We learned about the Feast of Purim. The Feast of Purim was a feast that was for them to remember what God had done. And the table is just that. The table is there so that we might remember what God has done. And not only that, what he will do. Let's take a look at a couple. The first thing I want you to see in this text is this. We remember that he conquered sin and death. Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, not only did he just do damage to sin and death, he conquered it. He defeated it. It is past tense. It is something that was done, not something that is to come. The word there is conquered. And then we have to ask the question, well, how did he conquer? And verse nine basically tells us exactly how he conquered and how he's worthy to open these scrolls and to open them up and tell us exactly what we need to know for the rest of the book of Revelation and for life. Number two, I want you to see is this. We remember his body was slain for us. In verse nine, it says, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And so what happens when we come to the table is we recognize and we realize that Jesus' body was slain for us. I recently went to Israel. I was sitting there where Jesus Christ was believed to be crucified and then placed in the tomb. As I was sitting there, there was this man from Great Britain who was explaining to us exactly the message of the gospel right there at the actual place that they believed that Jesus was crucified. And this is what he said. He said, I don't believe that anything, including the Passion video, gives a full representation of the unbelievable beating that Jesus took. I believe that he was completely unrecognizable, completely unrecognizable. Maybe the passion story and video shows and maybe gives, gives the closest depiction of what actually happened. But we truly believe, what he said is that we truly believe that Jesus was unrecognizable as he was on that cross because his body was slain so that we could live and that we could remember. Let me say, what else do we remember? First, we remember that he conquered. We remember that his body was slain. And then we remember that his blood paid our debt. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. We might be the righteousness of God. If you want to flip over just a minute to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read you a text. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 11. 
Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 11. This talks about Christ's sacrifice once and for all. So here it is in verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Verse 12, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And we recognize that his sacrifice is something that we remember so that what happens, we can come back when we do drift. See, it's not an issue of if we drift. We will drift. We all drift. Our prayer life, our reading, our Bible study, we all drift to certain degrees. The table is a great reminder to come back and to pause. Look at the rest of the verse in verse nine. Two more things I wanna show you. We remember Jesus is the answer for the world. Look at verse nine and it says, you were ransomed for people, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And so Jesus did not die just for those in Northwest Cary, guys. Jesus died for that the whole world might know who he is that they might be redeemed, that they might be bought back. And there was a blood sacrifice that was needed in order for the sacrifice to be made true. There was a blood sacrifice. In the Old Testament, we used goats and bulls and we have goats and we have those things. And, and, and Jesus has come and basically he has declared loudly and proudly that the goat has left the building. That Jesus is the true and one and only sacrifice so that we could recognize and we could remember, we could remember in times where we drift. And then last thing I want you to see is this. We remember that he is worthy. The question that they asked in the first part of the text is who is worthy? Who is worthy? There was a great mediator and his name was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ went so that we could have life, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could know God the Father, so that we could have a personal relationship, not a personal religion, but a personal relationship with Jesus. And one of the reasons I believe that we again have the table is because we all drift and God wants to give us a great reminder. You might remember the glove you got when you were a kid. You might remember the bat or the catch you made. You might have an Aunt Maggie in your, in your life. You might look at the pictures and you might remember the way your kids looked at this time or that time. But this Bible, when we open it up and we sing the song this morning that he has conquered and he is worthy and he's conquered and he is worthy and therefore, therefore, we can stop from drifting, repent and remember what he's done. And so my, my invitation and my offer to you is this, and I'm gonna make my way down to the table to get ready to serve out the elements that Christ allowed us to be, a, that's a symbol of what Christ did for us. And I wanna extend an invitation to you. I wanna extend an invitation to you first and foremost, number one, if you are here today and you do not know Jesus, but you have, you have a religion, but not a relationship, I wanna encourage you, I wanna encourage you to repent and believe in him because he has conquered, he was slain, he ransomed, and he is worthy of your worship. And maybe for the rest of us in here that have grown up in church and man, we came to church and we had that big table that said, do this in remembrance of me. And you remember what we're doing right now. And you, you, you grew up doing this. 
But I wanna challenge you in the midst of right now just to pause and to repent and make sure that your life is cleaned up before a holy God. It's very clear in the text that we do not come to the table in an unworthy manner. It's very dangerous to us spiritually for us to come in an unworthy manner. So don't be ashamed if you pass the cup and don't take of the bread and the cup. It's more important for you to be clean before a holy God than to participate and have unconfessed sin in your life. And so right here and right now, I just want to encourage you as the team is playing softly, I want to encourage you to go ahead and bow your eyes and just between you and the Lord, just talk to him. God, use this time for your good and glory. As we pause and we remember, I just pray that we remember what you did for us, that you you conquered sin and death, that you were slain and that you ransomed. So just over the next few minutes, God, I just pray you'll do do work in our own hearts to get us ready to come to the table. In Jesus' name.